5.45 a.m., 22nd of August, 1485. Ambien Hill, Leicestershire. Three hours and thirty minutes until the death of Richard III. Richard III emerged from his tent at the top of Ambien Hill. He was dressed in his armour which is polished to a perfect shine. His surcoat proudly displayed the royal standard, the three lions of England and the three fleur-de-lis of France, which showed the dynastic claims of the English king on the kingdom of France. Four knights clutched silver-clad poles, holding the great canopy of a state which is raised above the king's head. The majority of Richard's men had already gathered in full battle dress at the foot of the hill. His personal bodyguard remained on the crest of the hill. Everyone was watching intently, in awed silence. It was just the way that Richard intended. Walking in front of the king was a priest, holding a large processional crucifix aloft. Four large roundels on each branch of the cross contained the symbol of the House of York, the sun in splendour. Behind the priest came the banners, the royal standard, the House of York standard, and Richard's personal standard of the white boar. Then came the king and the knights holding the canopy of estate. Behind Richard came the Earl of Northumberland, carrying the traditional coronation crown of England, St. Edward's crown. The jewels that emblazoned it danced in the morning sunlight and captured everyone's eye. Northumberland was flanked by the other earls, all of whom had their own standard-bearers behind them. At the rear of the procession came the Duke of Norfolk, Earl Marshal of England, holding a small golden bottle. He in turn was flanked by two more priests, swinging golden incense carriers. As the procession passed the lines of Richard's bodyguard, they could not help but to gasp at the crown. The presence of the crown on the battlefield was Richard's masterstroke. When he had issued the order to Brackenbury to assemble with the ordnance from the tower, he had also instructed him to bring the crown. Brackenbury had told no one of the king's secret order. He personally collected it from where it was under guard with the rest of the crown's jewels in the White Tower. He placed it within a simple, yet very secure chest. He simply instructed two trusted men that they needed to protect the small chest with their lives. The two men wondered what on earth was within the chest, each coming up with more elaborate suggestions as the journey proceeded. When he reached the crest of the hill, the priest stood aside with the cross still held high. Richard took center stage. He knelt on the ground under the canopy of estate. Norfolk came forward and poured a little of the liquid out of the golden bottle he had been carrying. It was holy oil. He anointed Richard with the sign of the cross on his forehead. Then Norfolk turned to Northumberland and took the crown from his hands and raised it above his head. Richard's hands received it, and Norfolk stood aside. Richard whispered a prayer to himself. To the army assembled below, it looked like a hugely dramatic pause. Finally, Richard raised the crown and placed it upon his own head. With the crown on his head, he rose to his feet. As he stood, Norfolk and Northumberland sank to their knees. Taking their cue from the senior nobles, 
the rest of the army fell to their knees. The coronation's reenactment had been solely Richard's idea. He fully understood the symbology associated with the process. He was renewing his kingship afresh, wiping away the sins of the past. Richard was fully aware of the dark rumours that had been associated with his kingship, the talk of usurpation, the talk about the fate of his nephews, the talk about the murder of his wife to marry his niece. Rumours all, but talk and rumours can damage kingship. Now he was king anew, those dark rumours had been wiped away. His army had witnessed the whole process. They knew who the rightful king of England was. Now they would have to shed their blood in order to keep that crown on his head.